Hello and welcome back to Curiosity Killed the Rat Woo! Science Comedy Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Cade. That's right, K-A-D-E. Um, I'm a neuroscientist. If you haven't listened to the show before, science communicator, and I am the regular scientist here on this show. I am recording this podcast from lands traditionally owned by the Wawandari people, where, like, I'm grateful to do all of my work and all of my non-work, actually. I'm grateful to do all of my existence <laughs> on these lands. Um, and I am joined, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Matt. Hey, how's it going? What's up? <laughs> Welcome back, baby. We're I, back. I don't know how I feel about doing the was up as the opening. I've been watching a lot of 2000s comedies lately, <laughs> and a lot of them have... Not aged well, but there are still some funny <laughs> moments, so I ignore it. certainly and was a decision, but you hear now. bear it. <laughs> My name is Matt. That's Matt spelled M-A with two T's. You can throw an H-E-W on the end if you're feeling especially saucy. I Ooh. am a science enthusiast. I am not a scientist, but by golly heck do I love all things science. <laughs> Listening to it, talking uh. about it, sharing it with all of you wonderful people. Hopefully a group of listeners who are also science enthusiasts, hence you're listening to the show. I'm recording from lands traditionally owned by the Noongar people, also lands that I'm very, very grateful to be living, working, and existing upon. It's very, very, very beautiful country. But we are here to talk about science. Yeah, we are. And we're back. Like, we haven't, we haven't chatted science. It's been about four months since we've released a podcast, so uh, sorry, listeners, but That's we needed the break. I needed the break. One of our longer hiatuses. Um, our schedules are both a bit more full than when we first kicked off the show, both. Look, well-needed break. Well, for me, at least. I don't know. What have you been up to the last, like, four months of your life, Matt? I've been working for most of it, honestly. I've had a couple of breaks and holidays in there. I got COVID twice. Um <laughs> I managed to yep. avoid it for the whole pandemic, and then I think, like, the second my immunity dropped from the first time, I just picked it up again, which was good. Yeah. I don't know. I got it twice within a really short period of time as well. Well, shortish. Um, Maybe that means happens. we're okay now. We'll need to talk to our resident epidemiologist again and find out what's the go with that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I've been I've been working. I went on a few camping trips, explored the southwest of. Australia, as I've done many nice, times nice. before, but I just keep going back because it's just so dang beautiful. If you've ever find yourself lucky enough to be in this corner of the world, check out um, Denmark, Albany, Walpole, uh, Pemberton, all beautiful mm. areas if you like trees. Um, very lovely trees around there. <laughs> I do like trees. That's good. I think I'm everyone should love trees. So that's what I've been doing. What, what have you been mm -hmm. up to, Kate? Any interesting <laughs> life events for you? <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's been pretty chill. I just, like, changed my name and decided to go through puberty um, at age almost 30, um, which is a choice and has been an experience. And uh, which, like, you know, regular listeners <laughs> to the show may have noticed a couple things in our intro that we just had, which is, like, number one, the name, I guess. Uh, number two, the voice. <laughs> Um, I was just listening to you, Matt, as well, and listening to the pitch of my own voice. And it's kind of hard to, like, hear your own voice properly, right? You know how it kind of mm. sounds different because the resonance is different inside to out. Yeah. Uh, but, like, we're fairly 
I don't know. I don't know how similarly pitched we were before, but we're we're getting closer. I mean, yeah, the the gap is definitely closing down. I mean, I was never, you know, a contrabass and you were hardly a soprano. Yeah, um, yeah, true. But I'd say you're definitely reaching lower alto, higher tenor levels. Mm, mm. Um, Singing-wise, because, like, <laughs> I am joined a choir, um, which is a great way to, like, keep benchmark of, like, what notes I could mm. hit when I couldn't before. And I can I can get down there now. Got range. We like oh, it. Hell we love yeah. it. Um, That's all right. That always but, worked. Whenever we'd sing along to Lick Wicked, I'd always take the part of Galinda the Good I know, Witch anyway. I'd... So that's that's cool. <sighs> I know, and nobody figured out that I was <laughs> trans. That you know, I just would always claim the male parts, and just like you know, no one questioned that for a second. That's all right. That's if we ever end up in the a, a room together again, or in a car together on the same side of the country, we'll bust out some if Jesus ever... Christ superstar, and then your challenge will be to sing along to Caiaphas's parts, like I would. Oh, do. I've been okay. So I have. <laughs> uh, I bought a. I. I. I, I have a record player and I have a Jesus Christ superstar vinyl um mm-hmm. that I was playing the other day and I tend to like sing along to the vinyl as it's like playing and I was I was trying to hit the Caiaphas the other day like nice. literally just the other day we're getting close man we're getting so close oh let me um, know when that happens <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be real tasty I just also you're like if we ever end up in the same like <laughs> room again excuse me um no we I'm will. coming we will. to visit in like a month like you'd better be there <laughs> I will um, be I will be I can't afford to leave the state <laughs> <laughs> yeah Okay, good, good, good. Um, but, okay, so on this note of, of voice and, and it sounding different, um, mm. I, what I thought would be really funny is if, Mr. Soundman, when you were, like, editing this later, yeah. if you go back, I was listening, because I listened to my own show because I'm amazing, um, and episode, <laughs> the second episode that we ever made, the appendix one, I do the intro. Because we mm. kind of used to, we got into a bit of a routine where you would intro the show first yeah. and then I'd introduce myself. Uh, but we didn't always do that. And back in the day... Uh, years ago now, because we've been doing this for so long. Um, this is our I intro fourth the show. year? Sorry? This is our fourth year. Yeah, we started pre-COVID. <laughs> oh, lol. <laughs> Whack. Oh, well. Whack in the before times. The before times. Sanity. <laughs> yeah, the before times. Um, I like but it. But no, if you go back, so, I mean, I don't know how to do this. We can't do this in real time, but if you go and, like, edit in and do some magic and just, like, play for all of our listeners now. I'll like sprinkle podcast magic over this. Hello and welcome to episode two. This is so exciting. Hello and welcome to episode two. <laughs> Damn. Hello and welcome. Actually, we're I don't actually know doing whether this. I think it's a combination of your voice going down mm. and maybe just our life experience over the last four years, but there's just <laughs> something about the combination of those two things that makes you just sound a little bit more dead and broken inside. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's really actually unfortunate because I feel the opposite. I feel far more alive inside. Um, I think, I but think I think maybe this is just me. I'm just being casual. Whereas there, I just really had to try really, really yeah, hard. Yeah. I to think sound we're, we're putting on inside. much Put putting on a little bit more showmanship oh, when we were so starting out. Like, hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to but it, like Science. hello and, and like, hey welcome guys, to what, Curiosity Killed the Rat. Like, I can I can put the pep in, and it's still lower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hello, it was it was, it was hearing I... the uh, the the show in my ears, and you trying to emulate it on the microphone. <laughs> a difference in tone, the lowering of the voice. It was <laughs> it was funny to me. Oh <laughs> uh, well, look, but yes. Uh, Rest assured, listeners, I'm not 
entirely dead inside. I mean, I may not, have been exaggerating a bit there, but calloused. Pardon? Calloused, maybe, is the word. <laughs> no, something like that. Uh, no. But anyway, there, there is a reason that I keep just, like, drawing attention to this beyond the fact that it's just, like, it's amusing and entertaining. Um, and, you know, it, I just felt like it would be weird if I didn't point it out and people would be listening, yeah. like, do they have a cold? Uh, no, I do not have a cold. I just have uh, uh, more testosterone in my body than I did several months ago. And, um shock mm. surprise twist anyone who's seen the episode title of this episode would already have figured out that uh, we're <laughs> talking about testosterone today um got him lol uh making like the pacifier from sky high and going through puberty twice <laughs> yeah by choice though like <laughs> um sky high what a throwback what a haven't thought about that in a hot sec you're welcome but uh yeah, puberty twice. I saw actually. It's the Melbourne International. Actually, it's just ended. The Melbourne International Comedy Festival has just mm. ended this week. Um, but the last month, and I went to a few different shows. And I went to one in particular that was a transmasculine comedian who had been on testosterone or T for like two years, and he called it puberty part tuberty. And that was like <laughs> his whole like stand up bit was all about like that. The show was called like How to Shave, and it was like it was very funny. It was very relatable content, and I loved every minute of it. Um, <laughs> That's fantastic. So. Puberty part tuberty is 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 what I am uh, doing. So like that's the thing. All right, I want to talk about testosterone and I want to talk about like the science of it. I want to talk about how it works in the body, what it does and why and changes and blah blah blah. Mm. And I feel like normally when we learn about this, when we hear about this, it is from the perspective of like a cis male puberty. So like someone who is born with XY chromosomes pops out. Everyone's like it's a boy, and then he hits age puberty and goes to from having not much testosterone in the body to lots and you know changes happen and that's that's you know a thing that maybe matt you can like maybe relate to yeah um that's a thing that i experienced i mm, mm. born male xy chromosome went through puberty used to have a high voice now i have a beard it's that's that's <laughs> i know your beard gives me hope for my future i, um, I had no hope my three for... chin hairs are looking at you like i mean quite... look it's it's definitely patchy as hell and it didn't start coming through till I was, you know, 24, 25. So I don't know how that's going to go for your second puberty, whether you'll also have to wait. Oh my God. Let's see, when did I start I'm puberty? Like... like what, 15, 16? Whether you have to wait like 10 years before your beard will start to come in. I don't know how yeah, the genetics works um, with that. but um, It'll definitely be one of the last things to come through, but the, the mm. timescale might be uh, different. But it, I can definitely get reference from like you and dad and mm. how much like facial hair you grow as to how much I'll be able to. Like that's all sort of genetic, which I can get into and will get into actually a little bit later as to how that's yeah, like sweet. a genetic thing that exists within me as well, even mm. though I didn't, I wasn't born with the ability to make the levels of testosterone that are now circulating through my bloodstream, which you know, that's really cool. That's really fun. Um, but you know, I don't, yeah, I don't want to talk. I'm sorry, Matt. I don't want to talk about you. Um, oh. this isn't about you. You've had your moment. Cis men, soz. Uh, no, we'll, we'll weigh in a little Why bit about that. Cis but I want to men just... haven't had enough moments in the spotlight, especially right. the, in the podcasting format. Like, mm -hmm, come mm -hmm, on. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I, mm -hmm. so what I want to do is not do that. Uh, <laughs> no, I just, I just want to do it 
from like uh, this resource. I looked for it and that's why I know it doesn't exist yet. And so mm. I want to make it because I'm stubborn. And I just want to like talk about it from the perspective of someone who didn't go through um, a testosterone driven puberty at normal puberty age and instead went through it later. Like if you start taking testosterone as part of a transition process, um, like what do, what happens and why and how? And like, mm. cause I'm living it, baby. And it's fun. It's a ride. Like so many of the things, even the things that are like uncomfortable and like actually not super fun and not super great. I am such a nerd that I'm like, you know what? Experientially, this is, this is gross, but like biologically, this is fascinating. Like <laughs> scientifically, this is so interesting. This change, this experience, like the fact that, you know, I'm just like sweating so much and I All stink, right. like interesting, fascinating. We love it. Like, Let, uh, let me um, just open up with a question then that I've thought of in this introduction. Um, mm. So born male Y chromosome, et cetera, versus born female, no Y chromosome. Um, mm -hmm. then puberty come around because I got my Y chromosome. My body was born with testes. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I know it's more complicated than that, but we're going simplified for the setup yeah. of the question. Yep. yep. Um, X chromosome not born with testes. Thus mm -hmm. when puberty happen, I get testosterone. Mm -hmm. Someone not mm -hmm. born with testes doesn't get as much testosterone. Mm -hmm. So how much of what makes an adult biological male, how much of that mm -hmm. comes from the chromosomal aspect and how much of that purely comes from testosterone? So when you look at a person with no Y chromosomes who is fully transitioned into male and is on a course of testosterone, biologically, how is that person different from someone with Y chromosomes and the mm -hmm. testosterone as a result from that. Yep, yep, yep. I understand your question and I mm. know how I'm going to answer it, which awesome. is like, okay, so I know that we said <laughs> that this topic has the potential to become political and that we didn't want to go there and that we weren't even going to kind of, <laughs> I will slightly change my stance <laughs> on not even bringing that aspect up in that I will say, like, this is obviously a topic that has the potential to be, like, heated and political and gross and that mm. as a science podcast, like, we are, we are not doing that and we are not touching that and we don't care about those implications. I'm purely going biology. This is interesting. So on that note, what I want to say as someone who like, cause you do, you can study sex differences in science, like sex, biological mm. sex is a really interesting thing. And the thing that is really interesting is that you can define it different ways. And what gets political is the way people are kind of cherry pick how they want to define it so that they can like have their views and their arguments and whatever. But you can, you can have chromosomal sex, which is you can karyotype someone, look at their chromosomes. Most people in the world have never been karyotyped. So people who are like, oh yes, I'm definitely X, Y, mm. like, some of them might not be, and like they would That's never. That's true. Know, I mean, I've right? never had that shit tested. Um, I'm so just exactly, assuming. like you make, and I'm making the assumption that I'm XX, but like I, I don't actually know that. Yeah. Um. But you know, you have chromosomal sex, which is a well accepted one. You've got hormonal sex, which is mm. the one that kind of that generally in cis people follows on from your chromosomal sex because, like you said, it's to mm. do with it's genes that are on the Y chromosome that lead to the development of the testes and therefore the increased production of testosterone. Right. So normally those are aligned and they follow. Mm. Um, if someone goes on hormone replacement therapy and they change their 
hormone levels, all of a sudden your hormonal sex may not align with your chromosomal sex. And which one becomes the better definition really depends on what situation you're talking about. Like, Mm. are chromosomes relevant? For some medical situations, probably. So that's where you would go, okay, sex, male, if Y chromosome present. If you're looking at disorders that only exist on the Y chromosome, for example. Like, there are some situations where that's relevant. Um, Some situations, hormonal sex, hormonal sex, sorry, Mm. words are hard, um, (laughs) might be more relevant. And so then you actually don't care about someone's chromosome. You'll look at their levels of circulating hormones, which once again, like gender is then something separate again um, and different. So you can kind of break Mm. it down and pick the label that is more useful in the circumstance. The problem arises when people pick the label that is more useful in perpetuating their political views, which is just something that I don't, I can't be, I just can't be fucked with. Not on this podcast, not on this show, which I know isn't what you are asking, but it feels weird to talk about labels and how sex can be defined without at least acknowledging that it can be a little spicy and people can use that weirdly. But essentially in terms of how you define someone's biological sex, is it chromosomal? Is it hormonal? Is it, Mm. you know, to do with which, um, genitals have like grown Mm. and developed because sometimes your chromosomal sex and your hormonal sex and your, which genitals actually end up growing. Um, those are all different. Like you can, there are ways you can define it. Of X, X chromosomal people with a penis and testosterone Mm. and shit like that. And vice versa. And like, if you're looking specifically at testicular cancer, for example, you might Mm. only care about people with testes, which not all people with XY chromosomes are going to have testes. Not all people with yeah. heightened levels of testosterone are going to have testes. Like, you know, and people are just generally like male, female, male, female. Like, it's mm. it's so much more complicated than that. It's science, guys. Science is never clear cut and binary and put it in boxes. Like, everyone's like, oh, it's basic biology. Yeah. And then you go to, like, advanced biology and you realize that it all <laughs> falls apart um, very quickly. And so, like, labels are complicated and it depends is my very, like, yeah. you know simple answer to your complicated question but like it's a good question and it's a good thing to kind mm. of think about um at least briefly and just kind of acknowledge that how we label things is tricky and also just kind of not important and i kind of don't want to talk about things from like a male female perspective at all on this podcast mm. we don't need to we're just going to talk about people and we're going to define them based on their circulating level of testosterone and i guess if we're so focusing like interesting... on the um like Sorry. hormonal side of it today given we're talking about testosterone um, mm, yeah, that, yeah, that, absolutely. That can... So hormonal sex, but we don't, I'm not even going to mm. draw sex boxes, male, female, right? Because you can have like, you know, I don't see myself as male. I don't see myself as a man. Mm. Um, and you can go on testosterone in different levels. Like people can go on full dose. People can take partial doses and achieve partial masculinization. And you have a whole bunch of non-binary people whose testosterone levels probably sit nowhere between like somewhere between male and female and then is their sex also non-binary maybe don't know don't care we're not talking about labels so i will just note that what i'm referring to here is people with a non-binary gender who are taking hormones like testosterone right at a partial dose and where like the end goal is to land somewhere between these two binary male female hormone levels this is different from intersex individuals who are actually also incredibly important to mention here So intersex people are people who are born with either hormonal or genetic or physical sex characteristics that mean that they don't comfortably tick either these male or female sex boxes. These people, yeah, they exist too. So sex has the ability to be, I guess, not binary with any of these definitions. But for the moment, 
we're just gonna try and more or less ignore all of these boxes entirely. Um, so I just want to talk about mm. how much, because what's interesting and what I think a lot of people don't realize is that like, it's not a case of boys have t like testosterone and girls have estrogen. Like both have mm. both. We all have both. Yeah. Like women, but like cis women, cis females have testosterone, less of it, but they have it. Um, and, and cis males have estrogen. Once again, less of it, but they have it. Um, Bunch of soy so, boys. Sorry? Bunch of soy boys. It was a bad joke. <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> um, for, the, for those who don't know about the uh, soy boy meme, it's based on an idea that the amount of soy, supposedly eating soy increases your body's level of estrogen. So it was a derogatory used by mean people on the internet to talk about <laughs> males who drink a lot of soy milk rather than that. And they tend to be linked with, you know, left-leaning environmental people and somehow they have more estrogen and thus are less of men context for those yep. who don't know it we're not going down that rabbit hole anyway it's just another example of how people <laughs> use this shit for shit that's shit anyway <laughs> so if we're, on that so note we're talking about how my voice the did hormone, a <laughs> we're talking about how the hormone testosterone affects biology in any given person in any human we're talking about second puberty and for me going through puberty and having the testosterone and only going through the one puberty, there are a number of changes that came with going through puberty in addition to the testosterone stuff like, you know, um, along with my voice breaking and all of that, you know, pubic hair started growing and that kind of stuff. But that's not something that's just, you know, attributed to testosterone because when women go through puberty as well, um, for want of a better term, um, then, you know, they also develop things like pubic hair and stuff like that, um, but obviously not with their voice breaking. So mm -hmm. in your experience, mm -hmm. all of this long-winded shit, in your experience of second puberty with the effects of testosterone, have you started to re-have experiences of first puberty that you experienced <laughs> the first time around? <laughs> like, Well, I mean, I can't rehab it. So, like, when I went through my first puberty, yeah, mm. pubic hair increased. I kind of... You know, I can't rehab that in the sense that, like, something that's already happened and, like, I still have pubic hair, It like, it's – and it, it can't have arrived for the first time a second time. You know, yeah. that doesn't make sense. But, like, there's more of it um, and there's more body hair. It's thicker, it's darker all over my body. Yeah, right. Hair, um, and, like, facial hair will come. I've got a couple of chin hairs. But, like, this is really <laughs> interesting, the hair one specifically. I'm going to jump in on the – like, latch in on that question. Yeah. Because what – this is where it's, like, a case of – um, yeah, because females have testosterone too and mm. males have estrogen too. So what's really fucking interesting about hair is androgen receptors, which is what testosterone binds to. So testosterone, I guess I should blanket say at the start, if you weren't already aware, is a hormone, which just means it's like a chemical messenger, floats through the bloodstream, binds to receptors, uh, which causes something to happen inside the cell, generally an increase in like growth or processes that lead to, you know, it does a whole bunch of different shit around the body though, which we'll get to, and it's just this chemical. And so it binds to androgen receptors. Now, androgen receptors are on hair follicles, but what activating them does varies depending on where on the body that hair follicle is. So body hair, facial hair, 
it stimulates it, right? So with more testosterone, you get thicker, darker body hair. But on your head, testosterone actually, well, actually it gets converted into like a more potent form called DHT um, when inside the hair follicle. But then it will shrink the hair follicle on your head, right? Whereas estrogen, estrogen actually helps promote hair growth on the head. Is that why men tend to go bald when women don't go bald as much? Yeah, it's to do with it's to do with that and it's to do with like how testosterone affects the hair follicles oh. on your head differential like differently to how it affects the hair follicles the rest of your body, which is just like um I don't know, I think that that's really cool and really interesting and it means that it's when you get an increase in like pubic hair, for example, like when you go through puberty, no matter what your age, you're going to have an mm. increase in testosterone because testosterone is made by the testes and also the ovaries. And you kind of hit that age of puberty part one, but it doesn't work. Number one mm. puberty. Um, you're going to have an increase in these things, but males are just going to have an increase, like a greater increase. Right? right. And so now that I'm adding more tea to my system, I'm getting a greater increase and I'm getting more body hair and I'm getting, um, I don't know, anyone who doesn't know me in real life, I have a buzz cut, so it's hard to know what it's doing <laughs> to the hair on top of my head. But uh, <laughs> That's all right. Uh, yeah, it, it, it'll, it'll you can get hear you my time. voice doing the like, <laughs> fucking <laughs> all over the place, which is like, I want to talk about voice. And one thing I do want to flag before we keep just kind of going through this laundry list of like fun little effects that I've noticed and how and why they happen um, is mm. that some of them are reversible and some of them are not. So okay. if like you for the rest of your life, cause you'll probably have, you know, testosterone in you, um, will probably continue to experience all of the things, but like mm. with age, how much testosterone your body creates is going to decrease with time. And some people like supplement that with like the tea that I take that, that mm. I use is actually made for men. It's very great actually on the instructions. It's like written in bold, like not for women. And I'm like, thank you for being so affirming. Um, <laughs> and it's like, that's what it's made for. It's to supplement, uh, like men with, with decreasing testosterone over like time and age. Mm. But it's like, that means you'll notice some things change back and some things won't. And if I stop taking it, some things will change back. So I will get, uh, you know, any muscle mass that I gain will probably disappear. Sad face. Um, you know, my increase in appetite that's been fucking amazing will uh, will dis like decrease. I probably won't mm. be as sweaty all the time. Um, but some things are not changeable. And my voice, my voice is deep forever. Like, this is it. We're fucking, it's not going back up. Um, yeah. And also body fat redistribution is one where it kind of like the body fat moves around and sits in different places. So just like my shape is different. And that's uh, going to that stay won't change. Yeah, right. Um, like structural things. So like it makes sense if you think about it, things that involve a change in structure. So kind of your vocal cords, that's like a what happens is is the testosterone comes in, it binds to these androgen receptors that are on mm. like the vocal cords and it, it causes these vocal cords to like grow, to thicken and to lengthen mm. um, because of like it changes gene expression. And so there's there's more production more protein synthesis and it's just thicker and so the resonance changes and it becomes a deeper sound but that's a structural thing like once that grows that grows like that's you know what about if we took it. the We're flip done. side of it and let's say for example i started to take estrogen and go the other way with it um mm -hmm. so for things like reshifting of body fat and that presumably i'd start to you know develop would I start to develop breasts oh, you'd get, and things you'd like that? Oh, you'd get tits. Absolutely, you would. So, um, and then if I stopped taking... But that's sort taking... of a sim... That's sort of a different... 
breast tissue is a special case scenario sort of okay. thing where you'll get you'll grow boobs um but the rest of it not so much and like your voice so for for trans feminine people mm. taking estrogen doesn't make their voice higher trans feminine people have a higher voice through voice training like they have to mm. do that themselves um trans transmasculine people we get a chemical bonus it's fun we get to cheat <laughs> our voice goes lower um people who so people mm. who transition after their first puberty um, if they've gone through a cis male puberty, like this is why there's kind of the argument for going on like puberty blockers at a young enough age to prevent that first puberty. Because a lot of those changes because once that voice change permanent. happens, that yeah. voice change happens. Um, cause that's a structural thing. And that's sort of different to like muscle gain, for example. So like, huh, throwback, listen to our episode all on muscles. If you want to <laughs> know how steroids can affect muscle growth and how muscle growth happens. But obviously going on tea means I'm, I'm gaining more muscle. I've gained muscle and weight and I'm getting stronger, quicker and easier. And honestly, it feels like cheating. It's, I'm so mad. I'm like, <laughs> I spent 2080, 28 years of my life lifting weights and getting like as strong as I could. And now I'm like, it's just like, I'm cheating. It's just so quick and easy and it's great. It's I love it. I wonder um, then, just piggybacking off uh, muscle development there, um, talking about steroids and testosterone and how they affect muscle development. I know that testosterone was often used and likely still is used in the early days of finding fun chemicals to help with bodybuilding. Um, and then steroids were developed and found to be similar. Well, testosterone is a steroid. It is a because I was going to ask. Yeah, what if it's you a steroid went hormone. That's just it's just defined based on whether it goes into the nucleus or not, to do with like where it acts within the cell, whether something's like a steroid or not, right? Um, and so testosterone is a steroid hormone, which means it goes through and it acts directly in the nucleus. Would would your typical quote unquote steroids that people that layman's refer to when you're talking about people taking steroids to go to the gym that might not be testosterone? How would that affect someone? in a similar way. Like if a, what do you mean? Like if you started taking steroids rather than if you took like a synthetic steroid hormone. Yeah. Does that, that have a similar kind of... effect or is it more specialized to target just muscly stuff? I know we would have talked about it in the muscle episode, but you know, if we're there, I kind of want to um, rehash it. Look, I haven't looked into the world of like synthetic steroids out there for bodybuilding specifically. I don't know how targeted they are. I don't know how targeted they can be though. They would have to sort of be generalized. They would bind to androgen receptors possibly, probably, but there's a mm. whole bunch of different receptors. I don't know. I don't want to give an answer that I don't no, yeah, that's because cool. I haven't looked into that world. I feel like that's another whole episode of in terms yeah. of different steroids that people take. Testosterone, yeah. and people do take testosterone, like bodybuilders mm. do take testosterone for this purpose. Like this is a thing that people do. Like cis male bodybuilders mm. and non-bodybuilders take testosterone to get bigger muscles as well. And they would get an increase in all of the other effects as well. Like it's just increasing yeah. There's probably like a like a ceiling effect. Like you can only like there's only so much that you can do. So like with growing a beard, for example, right? Mm. It's to do with kind of like not everyone is gonna able going to be able to grow a luscious beard. That's sort of genetically predetermined and it's to do with sort of how much of the androgen receptor you have. So it's yeah, kind of okay. already there in your body, um, whether you're on T or not on T. And just having the testosterone there to bind to the receptor and have the action, like that's the difference when you add the testosterone. But like if the, you've only got like two androgen receptors, they're like yanking out hairs and, you know, you can chuck a whole bunch of testosterone at them. There's mm. only so like 
quick that they can grab it, use it, and then do the thing where they grow the hair, right? Like you can, yeah. um, there's only so much that can be done. So similar if you've got a normal sort of density of receptors, but you chuck a whole fuck ton of testosterone on, um, you're not going to get like a linear increase in effects. Like it's not just yeah. going to keep working until you're macho man, the superhero, um, unfortunately, <laughs> otherwise a, bu- a bunch of people would. Um, yeah. But what I did want to say, read the muscle growth thing before you asked about different steroids, um, was that muscle mass gain from going on testosterone or from going through male puberty, but, you know, from going on testosterone, um, that is reversible. Like, I will lose them gains when I stop T. Um, and you might kind of wonder, okay, well, why is that different to like the voice? Like, why does the voice stay, but the muscle mass doesn't? And it's because like our skeletal muscle, like has such a high turnover. Like it keeps, you keep making new muscle, you make new muscle, Mm. it breaks down, you make new, it's constantly getting replaced. And so you're only going to have the benefits of the testosterone as long as you keep adding it to the system. Right. Right. Because it like turns over that quickly. And so to keep like having that increased rate of synthesis, you need to keep feeding the beast. Whereas it's not like a structural thing, like your vocal cords thicken, they're done. You know, it doesn't keep, you don't keep making new vocal cord the same way you keep making new muscle tissue. Right. Throughout muscle your life. meat is more fresh than vocal meat. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so if you're going to eat an animal, eat their muscle tissue, not their vocal cords. <laughs> I don't like. Um, But no, I understand And that's also, that explains my little like Voice cracks, voice breaks, voice like fuckeries Um, Because also like as they thicken They get less flexible, essentially That's like, that's what it is It sounds like a crack because they get less flexible And you have less control over it You can like go to a speech pathologist Maybe I should go to a speech pathologist That was a funny word to stutter on Um, So is that why voice cracks happen is during the transition, things stiffen up a bit more and there's a period of time where while that is happening, you don't have the same control over that. And then until it's finished growing and fully set in, you then regain that control back and your voice doesn't crack as much. Mm Because I still find my voice cracks sometimes, not always, but like, especially if I'm if I'm leading a session and I have to like shout and project my voice and I'm doing a lot of shouting, if I let out a big shout, you might hear a crack there. Like, Oh my God. My work as a personal trainer is feeling this. Uh, just, <laughs> I, I feel this in a, on a spiritual level, the projecting in a loud outdoor environment. And it was just like the voice cannot mm. handle it. Um, but just by virtue of being thicker, the vocal cords are just going to be less flexible. So they're going to be prone to cracks. Like that's, that's, what it is um and you can kind of learn to yeah as as it matures and kind of stabilizes it happens less often but might i wonder forever you you probably don't have the answer for it but i wonder why Mm. that happens why is it that that is an effect of testosterone on the body what? The vocal cord, like yeah. the deeper voice. Yeah. Um, I mean, I yeah, know like okay. how that happens, but I don't know evolutionarily why that happens, the you know. advantage to having. So, okay, I will go possibly into this a little bit more later in the show, um, mm. but a theory that I potentially have um, this isn't something that I specifically read, by the way. This is just me thinking. Because um, often, like, the thing about, like, higher testosterone, like, in the animal mm. world, right? This is where you've mm. got to look to sort of see what effects of testosterone 
are not at all social, right? Because you don't have that in the animal kingdom. Um, and mm. higher testosterone males in in like um like pack animals and stuff tend to be like the alphas lol mm. meme boys have fun with this uh, but literally the more tea you have like the more likely you are to be like an alpha male because you've you've got the strength and you've got you know so it's it's got this like reproductive advantage so i'm wondering mm. if like the deeper voice it has like a reproductive advantage it's sexier uh there's like a Maybe. you know appeal to <laughs> no i don't deeper I don't voice know. stronger um, man better provider that kind of you know yeah i don't know route. why the depth necessarily um etc but anyway i don't want to actually i'm not ignoring this question entirely you will you just want to circle back when to it, it. Comes okay. back. um but i i will i do have more thoughts and i'm trying to like we'll we'll come back to it I'll leave you wanting more on that particular topic. All and right. we'll just move away from the voice uh, for a second because my voice Well <laughs> my voice is getting sore. But so no, we'll, if we'll you come want back if you've got it. if you've got a topic you want to go on to next, we can transition onto that. Otherwise I've thought of another question, another topic we can go okay, to. Okay, well like no, ask your question. Okay. Whether or not we want to include this in the show, we can decide afterwards. Um mm-hmm. given um we have a lot of family that listen to the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but one thing that is really quintessential with puberty amongst boys, I find, is massive increase in sex drive. Um, oh, yeah. There's a massive, you know, stereotype of, you know, horny young teenage boy. And that's 100% a thing when male go through mm-hmm. puberty. You, oh, yeah. And, and then as that's you get 100% older, that starts a thing to drop off. When... So that, as that, have you noticed that? A massive increase in sex drive. <laughs> Absolutely, I have. Um, that's so interesting. Yes. Yes. So, okay. Um, we you don't have you to know, elaborate this... on that. I'm just curious. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that is a thing because part of that, like that's part of what testosterone can do, can affect your libido, can affect your sex drive. Do you know I how, how biologically talk... it does that? Why, why testosterone has such an effect on sex drive? <sighs> So you keep saying why and then how as though they're um, sorry how the same question. I apologize. Uh, well, no, how but this is testosterone the thing. has a big impact on sex drive. I think I could probably guess as to why, but okay, I go. Could, um, because typically in animal kingdoms, males tend to be instigators of reproduction and it's kind of just the nature of it. I think that the male mm-hmm. goes out, finds the partner lays the seed and then fucks off and moves on to the next thing. So it would feel advantageous to have a high sex drive in a male, pump out as many babies as possible into as many people as possible and then die passing on the genes. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly right. There's like this super clear link about why being horny might have, you know, this evolutionary like reproductive advantage. Um, In terms of how like it's it's just the brain man like there are androgen receptors in a bunch of different parts of the brain that govern how we like think and feel and behave um so when testosterone gets in there and more testosterone gets in there and binds to those receptors it makes us like think and feel and behave horny (laughs) and it can also Mm. make it feel better in terms of um it's linked with if you're someone with a penis, um, getting erections is to do with testosterone as well because it like the T uh, stimulates the production of nitric nitric oxide, which is the thing that relaxes the 
blood vessels in the penis getting, you know, the blood to go there mm. leading to, you know, boner. Um, <laughs> obviously. Boner. I was going to say, obviously that didn't happen. It doesn't happen for people without penises, but that's also not true, right? There's there's similar tissue down there and it changes in shape and size. And this is actually, I'm going to use this right here as a teachable moment in the yeah. podcast just to be like, not not necessarily to you right here and right now, Matt, because mm. obviously I've I've made it very clear that I want to talk about my experiences and my life and my mm. how testosterone affects me in this scenario. But like people listening to this show, like don't take this as permission to go just like ask the trans people in their life about their genitals. Like don't <laughs> don't be like because I find this is a thing. People just often feel entitled of like oh you're 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 trans you're on testosterone you're whatever like how's that downstairs? Like how, you know, have you, have you had the surgery is like one of the, you know, obviously don't ask that question, but even just stuff about like, Oh, how does, how's it affects your whatever? Like people mm. feel entitled to that information outside of a podcast context. And I just want to like, you know, flag to anyone listening, maybe just like, you know, don't, don't ask people stuff like that. That's not fair. That's not something uh, I scenario, ask in general absolutely. conversation with anyone. That's not like, hey, how's it going? What have you been doing? Yeah, how's your well, sex drive? It sounds drive obvious, lately? right? You know? It sounds obvious, but you just, it's, <laughs> you will ask me and any any trans person, uh, that is not the experience. People, it's different. <laughs> it feels like a different scenario where people are like, oh, because you've disclosed this very vulnerable thing about your identity and your decision to like um, change things in a line with that identity, I mm. am then entitled to more personal information about you than I would feel entitled to uh, yeah. with any other individual. It's a very strange phenomenon. Um, not a fan of it. But in in short, in summary, without just like talking way too much about my genitals on a very public podcast platform, <laughs> there are changes that happen. Um, there are changes in sex drive. There are changes, physical changes. There are, you know, there are changes that T drives and I don't want to fucking talk about it. <laughs> so, no, you know, you can find out more, but T does, it does interact with like how pleasurable things can feel as well. Like it's just, you know, it's obviously all part of that because it's part of the reproductive system. Like that's what it is. That's it's produced in the testes. It's part of that system of hormones it you know yeah um no that's fair there we go did we do the uncomfortable portion without me like <laughs> you know uh <laughs> squirming too much like did i get through it yes yes you did you did well you did well um purely well. asking from a scientific standpoint of just gen oh. general curiosity of my own experience of a sudden influx in testosterone and how that affected my horny yep. teenage boy years yep. and curious yep. how that would affect someone going through a similar um, yeah. elevation well, I, I made a really, really sensible life decision, which was, um, well, it wasn't really a life decision. It just kind of was an unfortunate uh, life circumstance of how my life went was that my relationship went long distance about a month after I started on testosterone uh, for six <laughs> months. Um, which was just a really, like, I don't <laughs> recommend that for anyone who's just like about to go through a tea driven puberty at whatever age, um, mm. is to just suddenly remove the distance or sorry, add the distance. Um, anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> moving right the fuck along. Cause I am so aware that way too much of my family listens to this for anyone's <laughs> comfort levels, mine or theirs. I guess I didn't talk about like the how at all of like, how do I get my testosterone? Mm. Cause I think this is really interesting. Cause I had no idea. And I had really like, do you have any idea, Matt? Have I talked to you at all about like what that looks like? Like, uh, 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 
chemically. I well, yeah. I assume you don't inj- inject <laughs> it intravenously. Is it a pill? Is it an injection? Maybe is it, it a, is an I injection. Do? Do you know? I, I, is it a drop of oil on the tongue? Is it? Do you, do you smoke it? <laughs> Um, <laughs> smoking, <laughs> smoking my tea leaves. Um, that was a very good joke, Caden. That's a oh fantastic joke. What one. are you talking about? Um, um, <laughs> so, no, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I know I, you know, the steroids. I know a lot of people inject steroids. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people inject it into their butt. Do you do you inject testosterone? I haven't even put any thought into it. I'm realizing. Yeah. Um, How do you do it? You can. I personally don't, but you can. There are options. There are options. So. You can, so what I do, first of all, is it's a gel. It's so weird. I call it my what? magic boy goo. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's like a clear alcohol-based gel and it's just like goop. It's just, and it's just, it smells like vodka goop. Um, uh. And you just, it's in a little pump pack and you just go squirt, 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 three little squirties onto my stomach, rub it in, take about three minutes, just letting it dry. It absorbs three through the skin. Three little squirties onto your stomach, huh? Is that, is that what you're yep, going with? It's my magic boy goop <laughs> squirting onto my, I know what I'm saying. Three. Um, and then I rub it in and I just let it absorb and then dry. <laughs> 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 and I've broken. Yes, I'm so glad I decided to include this. It's worth it. <laughs> I don't need to say out loud that that's funny, yeah? No. Uh, it's cool. funnier if we don't. So that's an option, right? And you don't have to do it on your stomach. You can do it like on your like, of course, arm or you leg so or uh, whatever. But it, it absorbs. Preference. Everyone likes their magic boy goose squirted differently. Exactly. Different squirts for different <laughs> flirts. Anyway, so you can rub Sorry. it through the skin and you can have it absorbed through can the skin you? in like a cream or a gel. I hear it's meant to be great for your skin. <laughs> I'm just like charging ahead here. Uh, <laughs> uh, so many people do. Um, and I have to do it every day. Every oh, morning. Every day. I start my day with some magic boy goo. I, I love starting the day. <laughs> That's how we all do it, right? Even y'all with Y chromosomes, same shit. Um, oh, okay. you've got to you've got to squirt it on the stomach and rub it in, let it absorb, give it a couple <laughs> minutes to dry, um, and that's how you get your daily tea. <laughs> no, that's what it's... I was told by the doctors. I don't know. Anyway, uh... <laughs> so funny because my partner's name is T. Anyway, keep on going. <laughs> that's even funnier. True. Um, so. <laughs> You don't have to do the gel or the cream though. That's um, I have to do it every day doing that, right? And then it kind of it, it's people closer. don't like to cream themselves every day. It's not for everyone. Oh, look, it's not for everyone. And if you don't want to have to do that, you can get it injected. And so there are a couple of different Ooh. injections as well. You can get like a really chunky injection that's like quite a high volume, goes in your ass, um, hey, in the some muscle. Some people are into that. Ah, oh. <laughs> in the muscle, in the side. Side note, but I did want to just say in your ass for the joke initially. Um, Some people like it in the ass every couple of, like, you know, that one's, I think, every, like, six to eight weeks, right? Um, Fair enough. That's your kind of thing. Not everyone likes to have it in the ass every day. Mm. Or you can do a, so that's an intramuscular injection. Go straight in the muscle. Often the um, glutes are your best muscle for that. Or you can have... I think it's every like two or three weeks. It's a shorter time period, a subcutaneous injection, which just means underneath the skin. And normally that's one that you can do yourself. Um, so you have to go to a medical professional to get the big one in your bum. <laughs> um, but <laughs> there's subcutaneous. 
<laughs> I tried to say that with a straight face and I couldn't. The subcutaneous one, Ugh. you can do yourself under the skin in the stomach every couple of weeks. Um, and so the different ways of getting it, you obviously have the different frequencies. Um, and often the daily one is more stable because um, you're doing it every day. You don't have these big like troughs and peaks. Um like you do with the injections, but some people yeah. prefer the injections. You can start on one and change the other. So like I'm doing the the gel at the moment, but like, you know, in a couple of months or a couple of years, like maybe I don't want to do this every day for the rest of my life and I want to get injections for a bit. Like I, there is room to, to do different mm. things and chop and change and move around. Um, yeah, that's really what I have to it's say. Just like about contact lenses. You've got daily ones, you've got monthly ones. Some people just want to wear glasses, you know, you got, you got different strokes for different blokes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and the daily one also, while it doesn't completely mimic what testosterone does in cis males, it's closer to mimicking it. Cause what actually happens in, in cis males like you, Matt is, so you know how people are always talking about like females have a cycle. It's like a 28 day cycle. We're all very familiar with the concept of that mainly because there's like a bleeding that oh, kind of yeah. flags the full stop that of that. that. Testosterone has a cycle too. It has a 24-hour cycle. Ah. So in cis males, before I get to your point, Matt, uh, yeah. the cis males have a, like testosterone has a cycle as well. It's just every 24 hours. It's a lot higher For in us, the morning our, and then it decreases. Our time of the day rather than Throughout the day, the you month. just don't like bleed about it. Oh, um, is that why we get fucking morning wood? Is that why morning erections are a thing, maybe? Oh, I don't, I... Not sure. Didn't research. <laughs> do not want to answer that with any, like, strong certainty. That's um, fair. That's my headcanon. That's yeah, fine. But no, sorry. What was your question? Your question wasn't about male cycles. Yeah. It was... How does testosterone affect the menstrual cycle and your existing um, other mm -hmm. cycles, estrogen cycles, that naturally so, happen for you? Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit bullshit, actually, because you kind of still have, like, your other still your other hormones, are, like, they're still there, they're still cycling, they're still doing their thing. In terms right. of the actual, like, bleeding part, it can stop, it might not. It's just uh, luck of the fucking draw, which is just bullshit. Just it makes things, me very, very right. angry, actually, though, uh, that, you know, <laughs> like, it just might not stop. Just might not stop. And in some people, it just doesn't. And in some people, it slows down. Right. Um, and some people, so mine's just gotten less logical so far. Um, it didn't stop at first. And then I had, like, two months. And then I got, and I was like, oh, yeah, it stopped. And then I got one. I was like, you fucking kidding me? Um, and then, like, you know, is so it's the, just kind um, of tapering off maybe i'm hoping that bodes well and that means it'll stop but it's not guaranteed because you you still have your other hormones and they're still circulating which also the most bullshit part is like you still have the mood part of the cycle mm. right like even if the bleeding does stop um i'll still kind of have i'll still kind of have like a pms week right so is that There's sort of still cycle like linked to um estrogen is that the estrogen cycle? Twenty four. Uh, yeah, it's linked to that. Days, sorry, twenty eight. With the days, ovaries and the yeah, um, and okay. so it's linked to that. And because I'm not, you know, taking estrogen blockers or anything like that, because I don't need to, um, there will still be like you know a handful of days every month where I am essentially a mm. moody, PMSing, angsty teenage boy. Um, which is just a really fun combination <laughs> of like factors for everybody in my life. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, w 
Okay, so both estrogen and testosterone have these natural cycles in the body. For estrogen, it's, say, 28 days. For Mm. testosterone, it's 24 hours. So does that mean me, as a cis male, I too have this 28-day estrogen cycle, but the effects are just far less noticeable because my estrogen levels are much lower than yourself? Um, Okay, well, that's an interesting question because it's to do with the estrogen, but when you're talking about, so like your estrogen levels would probably cycle as well. I'm not 100% sure on that. I don't know if maybe they're so low that they don't actually cycle or fluctuate in their level, but you definitely don't go through a menstrual cycle because how we define that is to do with the ovary and it's to do with like whereabouts, like the egg is in terms of like ovulation or release from the ovary. Like, is it in, are you in the follicular phase or are you like, it's, it's all to do with the ovary and the egg. And that's how we define the different phases of the menstrual cycle and the menstruation. But all of that is triggered by different, like varying estrogen levels in cis females. Um, So I'm not sure about the cycling of estrogen levels in males, but, I know that you don't have a menstrual cycle in cis males, um, if that makes sense. And then is the the testosterone cycle linked to or often linked to um, testes producing sperm throughout the day? Um, Has that got anything to do with it? I don't know how it interacts with sperm production because, once again, this podcast is through the lens mm. of a, a – a, Cis of <laughs> sorry, not a cis male, aka I don't make sperm, so you don't I don't make know. <laughs> I didn't really I didn't look into whether then the sperm levels sperm production also cycles with the testosterone. It probably would though. I just know that you're circulating blood mm. levels of testosterone. And then I wonder if the I, a cis male, then went on estrogen with the estrogen cycle, then affect how the sperm production happens in the testes. Yeah, no, absolutely being on estrogen as someone like will as someone who can produce sperm if you increase your levels mm. of estrogen it like that can affect your production of sperm um and that's obviously something like trans feminine people need to look into and keep in mind when making decisions um just like being on testosterone can also potentially affect my fertility um mm. but not necessarily it's all very complicated there is a whole lot of like more research needed in this area with all of these things, obviously. But yeah, like sperm production is definitely something that is regulated by your testosterone and therefore um, changing the levels will affect that. But yeah, well, apologies, apologies to trans feminine people listening to this podcast, wishing that I had more information Mm. or had spent more time kind of talking about that aspect. We'll do another, I'll give you a whole episode. I'll give you a whole episode later about the changes in the- We'll come back and we'll do a, we'll do an estrogen episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second Uh, puberty part two. But um, for now, I think I wanted to just, there was just one, one last, uh, I guess, like, a change that I wanted to moan about, uh, which is like, <laughs> fucking acne, man. Like, I, I have a pepperoni pizza face, and I, I'm i mostly just mad that beer, beer not beer, beard, mm. facial hair, that it's slower than the acne change in that, like, I can't do the cheeky trick of, like, grow a beard to hide the acne mm. yet because I can't grow a beard, but I got the acne. I mean, I never had good skin before. Like, actually, that's not even true when I say never had. When I was a teenager and I went through my first puberty, my skin was great and I thought <laughs> I had won life. And then, like, it was when I was, like, early 20s 
that my skin decided to like finally get the like puberty memo and uh. was like, oh yeah, we were meant to do this acne thing. And so it was already not great. And I, so when I was starting tea and that was like listed as one of the like, oh, negative potential side acne. effects is you'll get acne. And I was like, you won't even notice. I already have acne. No, I definitely have more acne. Uh, <laughs> I definitely, more. I found, I got acne. I got acne when I went through puberty. Um, I, I went on um, proactive, hashtag mm. not sponsored, did all of that stuff. Um, but <laughs> I found once puberty ended and I've settled into it, my acne has gone back down and I don't get acne anymore. I tend to get the occasional mm. pimple, pimple, but I think that's just more my poor diet than anything else. I definitely don't have acne like I did when I was a teen, when I look back at old photos of myself. So maybe your acne will have a bit of an uptick at the start, yeah, yeah, but yeah. maybe it'll come back down again. I don't know. Um, no, absolutely. It's once it stabilizes, I guess, once the, like, the hormone levels mm. stabilizes, I feel like there's a lot of the, you know, a lot of the puberty um, effects that we associate with puberty like that go away in terms of just being really well, irritable sort of first of all and mm. mood stuff that I haven't really had time to go into, but like that should level out a bit more. Um, but then, yeah, also like the acne as it sort of levels out and my body catches up and catches its breath and it's like, right, this is what mm. it's like to exist with this much testosterone floating through me veins. Um, it might level out, but essentially like the reason it happens is because well, it's to do with, first of all, the increased sweat that I think I've mentioned. Like, you mm. know, uh, your sebaceous glands, which are your sweat-making glands, have androgen receptors, as do most fucking things in the body. And so the <laughs> testosterone binds to those androgen receptors and the sebaceous glands are like, all right, fucking wake up, lads, time to go. Pumps out all your sweat, all this, like, extra increased oil on the skin. And... The skin goes, oh, fuck, <laughs> and does the acne thing where it gets dirty and it's just like, oh, I can't be fucked with this shit, mate. Have you noticed your sweat smells any clean. different? Like, Pardon? you get sweaty, so you get BO. Have you found mm. testosterone BO to be different from your old BO? Yes. Yes. Yeah? It, your smell changes. It does. And this was a thing that I was... Um, I was worried about my dog. I had this very mm. irrational fear before I started, right? I had lots of dumb irrational fears and uh, like that really that showed you that this was the right decision because the things that my brain was scared about were not like, oh, what if I regret it? Um, no, the thing that my brain was scared about was, oh, what if my dog hates me when I smell different and he doesn't recognize <laughs> me anymore? Oh, um, which has not happened, on. I'm glad to say. Uh, he loves me. <laughs> But yeah, it, it, it can do that because fucking androgen receptors. Um, yeah, and the chemical composition of what you're sweating out might be slightly different. Did we um, talk about at the start of the episode what androgen receptors actually are? Oh, well, they're just, they're, it's the name of the receptor. It's like testosterone receptor is, an, an androgen receptor is a testosterone receptor. Right. Because androgens are just the class of hormones that testosterone falls into right okay. uh, which then testosterone and like dht which is dihydrotestosterone it's a more it's more <laughs> potent i can't remember what the actual full i know that's really bad i'm a bad scientist um no but it's it's just a more potent form of testosterone essentially that testosterone gets metabolized into um in the brain and in some parts of the body um by certain enzymes that we have and then it has 
more effects. Like I could summarize this whole like last hour of the episode in just like one sentence, which is like testosterone binds to its very specific receptor, which mm. is just like the lock and key, the thing that it fits into, which triggers a whole bunch of shit in the cell. <laughs> and the cell goes, yep. All right, let's do it. Let's build more muscle. Huh. Let's sweat more. Huh. Let's pump out more hair. Huh. Let's fucking make more vocal cord tissue. Huh. Let's just do more. Huh. Huh. You know? <laughs> Um, and that is that mic drop. I, I, I would say that is that on testosterone, but, uh, look, I'm going to bring us right along to our listener question now very quickly to finish this off, which like, look, sorry, not sorry. It's a very self-indulgent listener question because, um, (laughs) I was, look, I was listening back to the show, as I said earlier, to try to listen to what my voice sounded like in earlier episodes. And it Mm -hmm. struck me that I am in fact a listener of this show. And so I can just ask a fucking question and it counts as a listener question. So that's what I'm doing today. I'm asking the question. I'm the listener. This is my question. And I'm also answering it. Um, But I thought I was pondering this as I was walking my dog down the laneways of Coburg the other day, the other evening, and all these dogs were barking. And I kept, like, referring to them all as male because they all had, like, this really deep, low bark. But Mm. then I kind of realized that, like, female dog barks are also deep and low, right? Yeah. Like, can you tell the difference between a male and a female dog bark? Absolutely not. I've heard some very high-pitched males and some very low-pitched females in the canine kingdom. And so, like, dogs have testosterone, right? Like, male dogs have higher levels of testosterone than female dogs. Like, so do, you know, mice and rats. That's why we're able to use them to study this shit. Mm-hmm. So I was like, why? Why don't dogs, male dogs, have a lower bark than female dogs? Like, why? Like, they would have higher testosterone. So, like, what the fuck yeah. is up with that? Yeah. And I wondered that as I was walking down the street. And so I've decided to email curiosityrat at gmail.com like you too, listeners, can do. If, if I check out emails right now, street, am I going to see an email from you? Uh, no, I didn't actually. <laughs> oh, so they're full of shit. Okay. <sighs> I know. It was a lie. I'm sorry. Um, I should have. Caught you. Caught you in 4K. Bit, but I didn't. Um, I just wrote it down in my book, but, um, I should have. <laughs> but you, if you guys have a question, that is how you get it to us. You email us. Curiosityrat at gmail.com. Curiosity um, rat. Oh, sorry. Curiosityrat at gmail.com. Forgot our own bloody email for mm, a second mm-hmm. there. <laughs> and what I discovered in trying to answer this question is that apparently male dogs do have a slightly deeper bark than female dogs like when you're looking at like but you need to compare the like apples with apples right like you can't Mm. take like a tiny little thing and a giant thing and be like oh the tiny little male dog has not got a lower bark than the giant great dane female like obviously team Mm. um but even still even if you're comparing equal and equal the difference is not going to be as noticeable as in humans like it's it's Mm. subtle it's small like it's you know and that's because you know, yeah, testosterone, dogs go through essentially their puberty, right? They mm. go through um, and they they get a bigger sort of voice box uh, and thicker vocal cords and it has a deeper, more resonant sort of like bark. Yeah. Um, but it's subtle and too subtle for like human ears to pick up on. Um, and one of the possible reasons for that is because there are a whole bunch of other factors that affect the voice as well, which is the size and the shape and the like, you know, Mm. sound guy, you probably are more aware of all the different things (laughs) that can affect sound production. Um, Yeah. But one of the reasons that I read as to maybe like why the difference isn't as extreme is to do with the role of barking in like dog communication, right? And this is where I was like, I'll come back to maybe why human males. uh, This isn't necessarily why humans have evolved this, but I have reasons why dogs haven't. 
Um, And then you can kind of maybe flip that to figure out, I don't know, because like in dog communication, right, like dog, the pitch of the dog bark, because they don't really have words, right? All of their words are woof or maybe a woo, (laughs) Um, maybe a rough in there if you're lucky. But like language production is far less word-based and much more, you know, the pitch is probably an important part in conveying meaning, right? Mm. And so if you have a whole like half of your population with a different pitch, it's going to be confusing if you hear like a woof in the mm. distance, you're like, oh, was that an angry female or was it just a male? We don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so dogs, this is why they think, and like, you know, higher pitch barks, you might hear like a woof and you're like, oh, was that a Ooh. female dog or was that an anxious dog? Like, because yeah. higher pitch barks are often excitement or anxiety and like lower barks are aggression or warning. And so, yeah, it would just interfere with their ability, ability to like communicate effectively. Um, so generally the pitch is more affected by size and shape and breed and stuff. Um, so I guess like. And probably also when the dog gets their balls cut off. Yeah. Um, probably affects it, but probably not as much as in Mm. humans, right? Because once again, the changes with the increased testosterone is less, less obvious, less pronounced. Um, so whether it's maybe just a byproduct, like. So maybe it's not a case of humans evolved this trait because it's advantageous for people with more testosterone to have a deeper voice. Mm. Maybe by virtue of what testosterone does, which is it just increases protein synthesis in pretty much Mm. all cases, right? Muscle growth, like we see it everywhere. And it just happens to do that to the vocal cords, right? That's just a thing that happens. But we haven't evolved a need. It's not a bad thing for humans. We haven't evolved... Uh, ways to compensate for that. We've just kind of let it happen. Whereas maybe species like dogs um, have evolved ways to compensate for that because it's important or more important that it doesn't happen. Yeah. But this is pure, this is me speculating. This is not, I haven't read anything on that yeah. disclaimer, but that would be my think. No, my think? That would be my think. My, <laughs> my thoughts. No, that my checks out to me. That makes brains. sense. I mean, I'm trying to think about other animals in the animal kingdom, whether a male lion has a particularly more deep roar than a female lion. And I don't know enough about lions to say mm. one way or another, but I feel like both of their roars are pretty fucking menacing mm. either way. I think just by virtue of the fact that humans have words and that mm. a lot of our language is to do with words rather than pitch though different languages are different so i wonder if there's also a cultural thing like languages that have a lot of pitch um relevance whether there's they've evolved i think it would interesting. also be interesting I don't know. to look at I don't um, know. other primate species you know your gorillas and your mm. orangutans and comparing the adult males and adult females mm. there and seeing if there's a pitch difference i mean because mm. th- they don't use words i think to my knowledge yeah. their language is also you know grunts and howls mm. and stuff so yeah um and there's a lot of like body language and yeah. stuff in there though so i don't know whether maybe the prominence of body language in communication means that mm. they can get by enough with a bit of a ch- i don't know i haven't looked into primates or anything i looked into dogs and i looked into humans um so yeah I don't have the answers right now, but it's all it's all very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. So you pick um, your own listener question. You don't even find the answer for it. Wow. No, I found the answer <laughs> for mine as to dogs. My question was about dogs. I only care about dogs. <laughs> I have a pet dog. I don't have a pet, like, primate. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
I've got my housemate, but no. <laughs> sorry, Elias, if you're listening to me. <laughs> it was worth it for the punchline. I'm sorry, you're not a primate. Well. Well, <laughs> you're not a pet. You're not a pet. I think yeah, is sorry, more that's the point. what I meant to say by that. Cool. <laughs> uh, it was like, you're not a primate, but you're still my pet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Look, with that, I think you need to stop me because my voice yeah. hurts. Uh, Aw. <laughs> going through changes. Your voice is getting all tuckered out from the show. Ch- changes. Ugh. Nice. Cool. Well. <laughs> Sorry, that was that was Qual? not an ugh at the podcast team. That was an ugh at just like, no, this is, okay, look, I won't end on an ugh. I won't end on a acne sucks and my voice is sore and, you know, how bad is it? You're being... going through changes and puberty no, is never I fun will... for everyone and you're doing it twice and it's a good way to explore those changes through the lens of science and mm. in turn educate yourself and our broader audience. But also, I do just want to end on, like, a despite all of the, like, ugh parts mm. of puberty, part tuberty, like, this is legitimately the best life decision I have ever made for myself. Mm. Like, this is, like, beyond it just literally saving my life by meaning I can eat again and all that sort of shit. Like, it, you know, I haven't really talked about the emotional aspect. Well, really, I haven't at all talked about the mm. emotional aspect of it because I don't want to. Um, not here, not now, but I will just, you know, for, for anyone wondering and being like, oh, why, if they hate it so much, why they do it? No, no, no. This is only like just casually the single greatest fucking decision that I've ever made for my life. Um, and I'm very, very, very stoked with that. And I'm that's just I'm all happy I wanted for to say you. to end this episode. Pardon? I'm happy for you. Oh, bless. Bless. <laughs> um, me too, actually, which is just, that's that's whack. That's know? good. That's... I take back my <sighs> comments about you sounding dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> good. Thank you. I just needed to, like, warm up into it. No, it's just, you know, I'm tired. It's, you know, excuses. Um, but anyway, I'm going to pull a pin on the episode there, rope it, rope it in. I don't, rope it in, whatever. reel it We're in. done. We're done, folks. We're done. I'm stopping. <laughs> if you have enjoyed this episode, and you know what? Even if you haven't, give us another chance. Uh, you can follow us on social media if you don't already. At Curiosity Rat, we exist on Instagram, we exist on Twitter, we exist on Facebook, and we exist on Patreon. Um, absolutely no pressure to give us money there. It is just there as, you know, if you appreciated this as a resource, uh, we put a lot of time and effort into making this. So, if you have a spare couple bucks to like mean that we can keep doing this chuck it our way via the patreon but like no pressure whatever you want we're Um, back for season season four curiosity killed the rat 2023 is it season three or season four it's season four right four because 2020 was one so 21 was two 22 was three and now 23 is four baby and well we're going back to monthly releases this season eh continuing Continuing our monthly releases, at least until you're done with yep. full-time PhD stuff. Ugh. And we'll see and how long I keep going jobs. with full-time yeah. other but shit. But for now, and... end of every month, we'll be chucking a new episode at you. We've got fun things planned for the season. We'll have some guests. We'll have some me rambling, all sorts of things. But until then, listeners, we will catch you next time. Bye! <laughs> The rat. Curiosity. Kill the rat.